If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hola, mi gente. This is Ish. And this is DJ. And this is... Pero, Pero let, let me, me tell, tell you. you. Dale. I'm recording without a microphone. Is that okay? No, you're without without a earpiece. That's fine. Should be fine. Hey, listeners, welcome back to our latest episode this week of Pero Let Me Tell You. For some reason, I swear to God, I was going to say to the latest episode of Que Pasa USA. I had a total laugh. Hey, 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 Que Pasa, Pero Let Me Tell You. Oh, yeah, wait. This is episode 18. This is we're legal. We're legal, baby. We're legal. We still can't drink though. We still can't drink now. But we can serve in the military and die for our country and vote. And, And vote. And you know what? Everybody who can vote should vote. For all of you 18-year-olds out there who are just graduating high school, definitely register to vote. Even if you're 17, you can still register. You won't be able to vote till the next election. But super important. And one of the reasons it's so important... <laughs> Mira, so we sound like a PSA. And actually, kind of on that on that note, we do have a fantastic interview that I was able to conduct um, with Rosa Maria from... Amigos for Kid, a fantastic organization that's all about preventing child abuse. Unfortunately, you weren't able to make it. I wasn't, and but I, but in the name of good, consistent podcasting, um, the show must go on. The show must the go, show on, must go and on, and you did a great job with her interview. And yeah. I'm sure our listeners are going to um, yeah. enjoy it, even though I'm not there. I know, but <laughs> you know what? 
we're both going to be at their annual fundraiser, the Domino Night. We're going to be uh, actually live streaming and just putting lots of content out there from the actual event. So Now that you said Domino Night, I have to confess. Yo no sé jugar domino. Oh, don't worry. She told me that we don't have to play dominoes. It's just called Domino Night. They got people playing dominoes, but we don't have to play I was dominoes. about to YouTube it or go to, you know, my have my grandmother teach me. Yeah, no, no, no. Is a that a rule that if you're over 60 and you're Cuban or, bueno, Caribbean, I feel it's a very Caribbean, very Caribbean thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to know how to play dominoes. Well, but I mean, it's not like they had cable. Well, that's true. <laughs> well, everybody, then welcome to episode 18. And though, um, as I said, we have the interview a little bit later. Um, there's still a few things that we're going to go ahead and pack this episode in. Yeah, I think especially this week, one of the biggest uh, decisions that came yes, down. Yes, and I, th- I think that... Because it's be- Pride Month. I, I was about to say, I think because of it's June and it's being Pride Month. Yay, Pride. Yay, Pride. Um, I, I I guess it's an irony in a way, in a weird kind of way, but... It's probably more impactful that this yeah, happened in June. Um, but this week, the Supreme Court ruled on the Masterpiece Cake Shop uh, versus the Colorado Civil Rights Commission. And um, this was a... Um, Basically, it's the whole thing about the guy didn't want to make the yes, cake for the gay a, a lot of people were writing. really, really waiting for this decision mm-hmm. uh, by the Supreme Court. So basically what happened was that there is this baker in Colorado who runs the Masterpiece Cake Shop, and he refused to bake a wedding cake for a same-sex couple. Um, and hell hath no fury, then two gay men denied their baked goods. Exactly. <laughs> their delicious cake. We must eat cake. Marie Antoinette was all she on was it. Not, she was not kidding. <laughs> anyway, one thing led to another. Lawsuits, lawsuits started to be filed. Um, we went from <clears throat> the circuit court, circuit court in, in, in the state court to the um, appeals court of Colorado, and we ended up in the United States Supreme Court with which the is, nine wacky justices, which is the big Kahuna. So, you know, I. Before I get into the legal technicalities of it, I want to ask you, you know, that you're more of a lay opinion when it comes to these legal matters. I do like being lay. (laughs) What was your take on this case before the ruling this week? I'm, it's weird. I'm of two minds of it. On the one hand, I'm like, dude, just make the damn cake, right? I mean, at the from risk, a capitalist perspective. Well, yeah, I mean, at the risk of being Ike Turner, you know, just yeah. make the cake anime. Yeah. Um, but at the same time... <laughs> oh, now I'm thinking of the Beyonce song. <laughs> you know, so it's like, dude, just do it. I understand it's wrong to deny somebody based on their, you know, sex, gender, uh, sexual mm-hmm. orientation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then on the flip side, I mean, I also have a very strong respect on some weird level for people who feel so strongly about their own convictions. Mm-hmm. And if you genuinely, you know, you, me, feel some very strongly about something and don't want to move forward with something adjacent to something we disagree with, I would hate to have somebody tell me, well, no, you have to. It, for me, it's very weird. I don't know if I'm right, being... Right. No, no, no. I think a lot of people, you know, have to reconcile you know, that. You yeah. know, I mean, I know it's a slippery slope, though. It is a slippery and that's, slope. And that's the part where I have to say, just bake the cake. Because so, Right. So, when all this started last year, because this case has been going on for quite some time, but it made, like, like, the, the, horrible. <laughs> it made the national news last year when the Supreme Court decided to hear it. Um when the baker um, first, when I first heard about this, mm-hmm. and 
I heard about this baker. Um, it's his name is uh, Jack Phillips, okay. and I heard of you know Jack Phillips who did not want to be possibly bake. the whitest name ever. <laughs> the wedding cake for these two guys. I wanted to hate him. I was like, whatever, you know this this guy. He's a bigot. He's a bigot, right. and you know uh, these, uh, you know obviously these old fashioned um, values. Uh, values. And as you said, I'm just like bake the damn cake, and if you don't want to bake it, have somebody else in your bake shop bake it. I mean, like, what's the big deal? Right. You know, you don't even have to put the little two guys on top with the tuxes. Just yeah, bake the damn it. cake. But then I saw him in a few shows being interviewed, and uh, one of them being The View. And they were going to say it was by Jan on TBN. (laughs) When he was on The View, I. Although I didn't agree with him. Although I didn't agree with him, and again, I really wanted to, like hate him and right. just not like obviously understand him I, I i really did i obviously i was biased um you know he went on the view and said look i've served these two men before mm-hmm. and i knew that they were gay i don't have a problem serving them or any man as gay men as gay men or lesbians whatever mm-hmm. i don't have a problem with them being gay i just have a problem making this cake for their wedding because to Mm -hmm. me the definition of marriage is a man and a woman and based on my religious beliefs so i don't have a problem with them for who they are i have Mm -hmm. a problem with the you know the the marriage part of it right and i really wanted to dislike I, i really wanted to like be like shut up although obviously i don't agree with that i understood from a legal perspective that this case was not going to be what a lot of people thought it was going to be because a lot of people thought that after the you know legalization of same-sex marriage a couple right. of years ago that this was going to be a home run right. and i would tell people and i think I, you and i even had this conversation i'm like hold up hold up this is not what this case is about this is a lot more complex right. because this is about religious liberty Correct. and freedom of religion is on the first amendment yeah. For, but, but I will say, I, find it, I, I understand a little more now the couple's anger. Because at first I was kind of like, well, just go to another bakery. Right. Like, but then he's tended them before. So yeah. they probably like his cake. I mean, right. dude, finding a good baker is like finding a good hairdresser. Right. You don't just no, you don't find a good one. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I would have totally been like those two guys. I've been like, no, hell no. It's like, you're not going to treat me that way. Like, I would have totally gone on the soapbox. and See, I would have just told him to go fuck himself. Yeah, I know. I know. But you know what? But in this day and age, when when you get wronged into that extent and, and you're kind of insulted for who you oh, are. don't get me wrong. I would have totally smeared them on social media yeah you know it, it, it hurts so but again you know i would tell people and again you and i had this conversation this case is not a slam dunk a slam dunk this is not about discrimination which a lot of people thought it was this was not about discrimination mm-hmm. this was about religious liberty and that becomes a whole other argument a whole other conversation and a whole other legal argument. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the end, the court, in a 7-2 to two decision, overwhelming amount of the justices in the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the... Um, the bakery. The masterpiece The bakery. bakery and said that he had the free right... To you know, he was, he was not being discriminatory per se, but he was exercising his religious liberty. If this man would have gone on TV or would have provided testimony being like, yeah, I hate them gays and right. I am serving these gays. Yeah, fucking faggots. It like, would yeah. have been a whole other conversation, a right. whole other case. But that was, that was not the case here. Mm-hmm. 
Also, what had to do, and this gets a little bit more technical, but because we're speaking about it, we about the case, we, we, we have to mention it. A lot of it had to do also with the opinion of the lower court in Colorado, the appeals court in Colorado. Mm-hmm. The way that they arrived to their decision was not really kosher. They kind of they made, were all high. They, they kind of made inflammatory remarks about um, Jack Phillips and the decision, and it was a little bit insulting about mm-hmm. his religion and all that. And at the end of the day, the, the Supreme Court had a real big problem with it. So that also had to do with that mm-hmm. so kind of you know, tainted the waters a bit the 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 i will say this the opinion of the supreme court in this particular case is very narrow and when i mean narrow i mean in terms of the scope of it oh okay, okay, okay. in in the decision in, in in the um decision by the court justice kennedy was very specific in saying that this was for this case only and that you know obviously we can't discriminate just because we don't uh, like them because we don't like them or we don't understand them, yeah. sexual orientation, you know, all that. Um, he did put that in his opinion. So it, it's a very narrow... Um, the scope is very narrow the, as to what the scope is very narrow. on. What concerns me about this case, though, is that every time you have something like this, then you have the people who try to um, push the envelope and push the legality of it. Funny you say that because I actually just saw a, f- a friend of mine on Facebook posted an article. There's uh, I can't remember the state, but there's some like CrossFit gym that has since canceled the LGBTQ class or what have you because, you know, religious reasons. And it's like... And CrossFit? Listen, the only religion CrossFitters know is the WAD. They're also the devil, but well, but that's where I was going because now let me let me propose this also, to you. Nobody likes that. Nobody straight looks that good in spandex. <laughs> let me propose this to you, and um, and to our listeners. So this man, the Supreme Court, said that Jack Phillips, the mm-hmm. baker, as part of you know religious liberty, he has the right to not bake a cake for a wedding of a same-sex couple, uh, couple because of his religious beliefs. Right. But if they come how different? Birthday, how different would that be if I come into your bake shop and you know that I'm a unwed woman mm-hmm. and I want a baby shower cake for my child that's going to be born out of wedlock? I didn't think about that. That's true. So now yeah. you could say I'm not going to bake your cake because I don't believe in because I don't believe in premarital, premarital sex, sex, let alone right. having a child out of wedlock. That is so true. this is why this creates a slippery slope. And the problem is that a lot of times people that have an agenda... Or I don't believe in Judaism. What are, I'm, I'm not going to make your cake no, for... No, I'm not going to make your mitzvah. Bar mitzvah or bad mitzvah. Yeah. You know? But again, that's why a lot of times these, these cases, even though they're very narrow in the scope, which I read the opinion, and this mm-hmm. case certainly is narrow in the scope, but now people that are against gay you know don't understand gay people or don't right. care to understand and you know still have a problem with it are going to use this case as yeah, an example of like well you know the supreme court said that i you know it's my religious liberty to not like you because you're gay right meanwhile they haven't been to a church since 1912 yeah whatever but i'm yeah, saying whether like, they have or they haven't but that it's a slippery slope so that's why the, these opinions from the supreme court are very very important because as i said i I wanted to hate this guy, but after I listened to him, I really did, I do believe, I really do believe... That he's coming from a place of conviction, uh, not hatred. Exactly. Exactly. And whether we agree with him or not, Mm -hmm. we have to understand that that is the law of our country, you know, and we could disagree, as I said, but that is the law. But again, now, now, you're a woman out of wedlock. I don't believe in that. I'm not making your baby shower cake. 
Yeah. Sue me. Mira, you know what the solution is to this, everybody? Me. Just go to Publix. <laughs> go to your local supermarket bakery. I know they're not as good as Publix if you're outside of the southeast area. But Mira, well, let me tell Publix you. Publix doesn't ask any questions. Let me tell you people who don't know about Publix. <laughs> and I know there's a lot of you out there listening, especially in New Hampshire. Listening that um, don't know called out New Hampshire <laughs> that don't know well you know that don't know about how wonderful Publix is. So Publix bad. really is a pleasure. You know it is pub- even even with backing an NRA candidate. I don't care. I'm not. I, it's. Oh, I always tell people until you don't know Publix, the supermarket. Well, the Publix, the supermarket. Yeah. You you know you think about it's just a supermarket. It's like how how good can deal? the cake be? Yeah, and I'm like, listen, everybody that's from the southeastern region of the United States has a Publix in their life would agree that it's like the greatest thing. Very cool. Their cake, like when I lived in the Midwest, all I wanted, all I wanted in life was Publix cake. cake. And thank you, sir, for sending me Publix cake while I was up there. And and, and you know what's funny? Well, you brought it when you went up there. I think I brought it up once I sent it another time with somebody like once or twice I sent it I remember that when I had the Publix cake it was like the heavens have opened I have Publix cake but you know for those of you who have who grew up on Publix or no Publix you know what I'm we're talking about and let's not forget the chicken tenders but that's a whole other conversation we should we should have an entire segment of our show about Publix about Publix well before we keep going and just get even hungrier, you know, obviously I think we're going to have something. Maybe it's not Publix cake and maybe it's not chicken tenders, but we are going to be, as I said at the top of the, of the episode, going to the Celebrity Domino Night for Amigos for Kids. Get Rico. And they have a lot of restaurants. And so, I mean, you know, we're going to be well fed that day. So, yep. And then we're going to actually cut out now, go to a word from our sponsor, O Chocolat. God, we just keep talking about food. Um, no, qué rico. And then we're gonna come back with uh, with our interview with Rosa Maria from Amigos for Kids. All right, All right. bye, bye. Oye, okay. I've noticed that you've been like totally hitting the gym lately with the summer body, but speedo, what? Summer body, but I need to work overtime because I've been eating one too many brownies. I know what brownies you've been eating. Oh, yeah. chocolate brownies. Oh, huh? chocolate. It's hard not to have oh chocolate brownies. Oh, damn. Au Chocolat Brownies Miami people. They bring their chocolate from Paris every month. It's a Parisian family recipe. It's like a freaking truffle with a brownie, had a baby, and just... It is. And what's great about Au Chocolat Brownies, aside from being so delicious, is that now you can give brownies as a gift. That's right. And what's great about Au Chocolat Brownies is that they come in these really beautiful boxes. You could have them designed and made for whatever event or for whatever Who doesn't time like of the year. A gift? You know what else is the best part about giving a gift? Dime. We can get it for less. And right now, if you go to Au Chocolat Miami and place an order and use the promo code Pero, P-E-R-O, you get 10% off. Now, who doesn't like to give a gift that costs you a little less out of your wallet? A value and delicious brownies. Could you ask for anything more? More brownies. Damn right. <laughs> so everybody go check out Oh Chocolate Brownies. Tell them we sent you. Uh, Use promo code P-E-R-O, get you 10% off. Au revoir. Hi, listeners. This is Ish. I'm actually here sans uh, DJ. I am so excited to be sitting here across from Rosa Maria Plasencia from Amigos for Kids, a local organization that helps underprivileged and, uh, I believe, abused children as well. They are based out of Miami, and we're going to chat a little bit today about not just the organization, but some of the initiatives that they've done and their upcoming annual gala. Thank you for joining us, uh, Rosa Maria. 
Well, thank you for the opportunity. Anytime we, we are able to get our message across, which is child abuse prevention, then um, it's always a fantastic opportunity and always ready and able to do that. So can you give us a little bit of background on Amigos for Kids? Uh, I know you guys have been around for quite a while and, and just kind of give our, our listeners a bit of a background. The organization started well over 25 years ago and wow. it was actually some friends, hence Amigos for Kids, that, uh, okay. that got together and wanted to do something about child abuse prevention. And most of them had been involved in one way or the other with children that had already been removed from their homes in the foster care system. So okay. four friends got together and founded Amigos. Oh, and among them, my fifth cousin, Jorge Placencia, for the sake of disclosure. <laughs> he, uh, he was 17 years old when they had this vision, which I, I think is so tremendous because there is so such wait, he a was need. 17. He was 17. When he came up with this idea, like at 17, I could barely iron my own clothes. I know, he was 17. Yeah. Well, he was... As a kid, you know, and but as a kid, he was always involved in different causes and different things. So this sort of seemed like a natural. And if you fast forward to 20 plus years later yeah. in what he does, it's just the perfect, you know, vehicle to, to get the message out. Yeah. So four friends got together, four co-founders to do something about child abuse prevention. And at the time in 1991, you're talking about Miami having a large Hispanic population, but... The majority then of the Hispanics were of Cuban um, yeah, descent. Yeah. And Just before we diversified. <laughs> yes, and now that has changed. Yeah, now absolutely. the whole entire hemisphere is represented in Miami, which I think is the beauty of our city because you have in our town or city... Um, <laughs> It's a town of only a couple million people. It's such a diverse population in every sense of the word, whether you're talking race, you're talking ethnicity, you're talking languages. It's absolutely amazing. And I I think it's the best town in, in the U.S. Many say you need a passport to come here because we are so different. I, I think the passport's only if you go into Hialeah. <laughs> and then when you leave, they ask you to stamp it again. So, but I, I just think the beauty of this city is that there is such diverse ideas coming together. And I would love for us to be that city that has, instead of hearing about everything you're hearing about right now, about how divided we are, but that we be the city that comes together because we do have it all here. And I think it's so important to to set an example and hence talking about Amigos for Kids coming together. No, I think the the beauty of it is, like you said, you know, a lot of times you hear these organization names and it's kind of lip service, but it was started by friends. So Amigos, it makes sense. Is, was there a conscious effort to, obviously based in Miami, there's a large Hispanic population, to make it seem, quote unquote, Hispanic focused? Do you feel like the Hispanic population may have been a little underserved or undereducated in how to find the warning signs and things of that nature? And, and that may have played a part in it? As it started, it, it really was working to do outreach to the Hispanic community mm-hmm. because at that time there wasn't an entity that was doing that outreach at, spe- all. at all. Wow. Specifically when you talk about child abuse awareness or prevention. Mm-hmm. So this group of friends, amigos, uh, this group of friends uh, had at some point or another volunteered with Children's Home Society. Okay. And Children's Home Society was one of the largest, if not the largest. They have been providing services for well over 100 years in in Florida. Wow. That dealt with children that had been removed from their homes, children in foster care, and adoption. So all of these friends had somehow been involved in volunteering at Children's Home Society. So now you have 1991 when 
they get together to see what else can you do. You do need to do outreach to the Hispanic community, which 1991 continues to be growing. And now 27 years later, it's grown tremendously. And the Hispanic population, I believe, is the majority yeah. in Miami-Dade County now. So that, 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 has, that has a tremendous impact. So they got together to do something, and it was to address the Hispanic community. However, as we look back now, I can tell you that we do not primarily focus on the needs of the Hispanic community purposely. Okay. But by default, by being in a large majority Hispanic population in mm-hmm. Miami-Dade County, we do serve um, a majority. We do feel the need. And I think the most important thing is that we're out there talking about something that if you address the Hispanic community, you don't talk about. Yeah, no, it's, nope. it's, it's true, I think. I mean, on some level, I know a lot of times when and I wish DJ was actually here because he does some guardian ad litem work as well. He's an attorney by trade and he does tell the stories of what he sees with these children and, and, and the things that they go through. And one of the things that he mentions a lot of times is you have to be able to see the difference between what is considered, quote unquote, the cultural nuance versus abuse or neglect and things of that nature you know i mean we all joke around like la chancleta la right chan- i was gonna say <laughs> you know yeah junkie, so you know is is la chancleta abuse is that cultural is it and and so i think that's something that if you don't live that part of if that's not part of your world you can't see it you don't see that difference and i don't know if there is a difference sometimes but there, there, i don't know if i'm saying what i'm trying to say properly i, I know but, what you're saying uh, completely i know what you're saying but there are nuances and mm. there is abuse Absolutely. So, I mean, through Guardian Ad Litem and Moses for Children, they do a tremendous job to advocate for those children. However, mm-hmm. you're talking about children that have already suffered abuse. Yeah, that's the, the point of no return, quote unquote. So your life has now been forever changed. How you continue and, and what you are able to become mm-hmm. and and and. and provide to yourself your family and your community also depends on what help you have so the guardian ad litem program is a a beautiful way to have children have advocates to help them get through whatever they need in in that initial stage and 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 moving forward so that is you know mentoring uh through that is is just really a wonderful thing what we're trying to do is work with the families, work with the community, mm-hmm. and make sure that we are out there talking about this all the time, creating the awareness that is going to prevent these things Correct. from happening. Correct. I mean, I think that is the major issue. You know, for me, it is so important to be able to help prevent a child from having their innocence robbed, because that is what happens. Oh, so you know, depressing, yeah. The, the, the kids grow up so fast today, and if we can manage to preserve the innocence of childhood just a little yeah. bit longer, then I've, then I've done you, part done of my job. job. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's more proactive prevention as opposed to corrective. Completely. And what are some of the programs that Amigos for Kids has available in, in service of that prevention and that awareness? There's, there's two things that we do. Well, mm. there's several things that we do, but in particular, for example, we have an after-school program, and many people ask, well, how does that prevent abuse? Well, take a step back, and you begin to think of all of the risk factors, and you begin to think of all of the protective factors that we can do, which mm-hmm. basically it's all about the parents being there and nurturing their children. Sure. Ideally. Ideally. 
Um, there's been a lot of talk about that lately and, and what that entails. So we have the after-school program, and you, you, the parents know their children are there in the afternoon. They're going to get a healthy snack. They're going to get help with homework mm-hmm. and, and, and different things that they, the parents, specifically in the low-income areas that are, that are Spanish-speaking, mm-hmm. They may not be able to help the kids with the homework. So we're providing them with an assistance that they can't get at home. So you begin to decrease a lot of the stress levels for the parents by doing that. And also by being there for the parents, you're providing some type of support system Mm -hmm. uh, by being there for the kids, helping the parents. And ultimately, we need to get our kids through school. We need to make sure that they finish. Yeah, we need education. to make sure that they're successful because if they don't have an education, we know what happens. See, you, know? No, you got nothing. If you don't have an education, you will never get beyond what you're doing right now. You need to get an education. We, ha- yeah. we have to emphasize to kids. Well, even if it's something as simple as, I mean, again, using your McDonald's example, becoming a manager at McDonald's. You know what I mean? Again, and these are it's all, so many these, different this is things. all legitimate work that, you know, we we should applaud because at least you're going out and earning a living. But it's okay. Do you want to just be at the register or do you want to have your own store? Do you want to manage? Do you want to become a regional manager? So, it's you, so, yeah. so many different things. But the bottom line to stress to the kids in our after school program is they need to read. If a child can't read, you're stumping so much of what their future would be. So, so that's the ideal situation. So that's one thing where we're being able to help them, to provide them that basis of the education, which the public school system is supposed to be doing. Yeah. We have a very good relationship <laughs> with Miami-Dade County public school system. We work with them very closely to get our message out. They're a great partner. I was actually going to ask, where are these programs, these after-school programs taking place? At well, the schools themselves? Or? Well, this is one program. We only have one program. We, oh, okay. we don't have that oh. much funding. Okay. But this program is at Jose Marti Park, and we've been working with them since 2004. Starting in August, we will have first through sixth, kindergarten through sixth grade, oh. actually, there. But it's really essential to provide this support to the parents and to the kids. Correct. They they can read, they have a good education, their dreams are whatever they, they want to realize. Yeah, the, the focus of the prevention message, of the child abuse prevention message mm-hmm. is the only way you can prevent it is working with the adult that's taking care of those children, is providing the care for the children. So funded by the Children's Trust, we have had a very long, successful relationship with the Children's Trust. I, as, as Amigos leader, really take a lot of pride in us doing above and beyond what is expected. You know, I take great pride of doing the right thing. As you should. Because I don't want to ever be average or mediocre, especially when you're talking about our children, our future. This is the one time you don't want to just get a C. You want to go shoot for that A+. Right. I mean, I got Cs growing up, but it taught me that I don't ever want to be average because... I understand what it's like to excel. And I don't mean kids going and having to have a 6.0 average. That's not what I'm talking about, you know. But if you excel in what you do, especially when you're dealing with kids, if you're helping to do something to preserve that innocence of childhood that I've, yeah. that I've been talking a lot about, you know, a, a lot lately. It's Que dijo Marti, los niños son la esperanza del mundo. That's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's yeah. been no truer statement than that. I mean, they are, you know, they will become us. So that's what I think is important. So we work with the parents. The parents need to be educated, Mm -hmm. not on how to raise the kids so much as what is child abuse? What can you be doing in in order to ensure that your family Mm -hmm. is not one of those families where you've got violence around you, where you don't have uh, overall well-being, where the health of the child, whether it's emotional, mental, or physical needs to be taken care of because all of those things are 
part of a parent's responsibility. So we have emotional and mental. Emotional are, and, are and mental are supremely important because they're not visually. You know, you don't always see them. I mean, I, I mean the kid is sick, you see them. and uh-huh. you know what happened. Right, right, right. But the other stuff is things that remain, and and you think about it, sexual abuse. I, yeah. I mean, it, there are so much. We work with the parents, mm-hmm. and we give them tools. You know, we tell them, le estamos dando herramientas, because kids don't come with a manual. No. And everyone is different. <laughs> you can have three kids at home being raised exactly the same way, and there are, the three of them are going to turn out yeah. to be different. Yep. Yeah. So we give them the tools that they need to deal with situations that may be unexpected. Mm-hmm. Completely free. Parents come for 12 sessions, and this is a program funded by the Children's Trust. Okay. What is the name and of this program? It's called Nurturing Parenting or Crianza con Cariño. Well, and, I like it in Spanish I mean, better. Yeah, Crianza con Cariño. I mean, doesn't that sound just like warmer, warmer yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, therefore bilingual. Um, so, and, and, and I'm very excited and happy and, and proud that we just submitted two grants to the Children's Trust. And all of this goes through different reviewers, and they grade you to wow. see what you submitted. And, and we were one of the organizations that got full funding for what we asked for, for the parenting and for the after-school program. So the parents come and go through these sessions. And the best part is when they tell you they want to continue coming. But at that point, we say, uh, if you want to continue coming, maybe we didn't do the right now. Right. <laughs> what they like is that they've created... There's a friendship. Community. There's community. Yeah, that's so important. Among the, the, the group. They realize that what they're facing and what experience they may having may not be unique. That mm-hmm. other parents are going through the same thing. So they're able to collaborate with one another and, right. and share experiences as to how to deal with the situation. Because life has changed in the last 10 years. The last 10 years? The last 5 years? Well, I mean, I it's... Say the last year. Exactly. You know, so. And then when you asked about um, those nuances of culture, it's very important because, yes, we've all heard it, but una nalgada, un chancletazo. Right, right. You know what? Maybe you're right, hmm. but we really advocate and stand for absolutely no physical punishment, no capital punishment. The reason we do that is because depending on when it's happening, mm-hmm. if someone is under the influence, okay. if someone is drinking, has yes. been doing drugs, if you react in anger in the moment, you may react in excess mm-hmm. of yeah, it's what can be acceptable. It can escalate very quickly. And the kids may not truly understand why it is that you're doing this. If you're continuously doing this, rather than use it as an opportunity to communicate and talk to the mm-hmm. kids. Because the most important thing that we can do, and with the parenting, the nurturing parenting sessions, is to emphasize the importance of communication. It is the key to success or failure. Because even if we're talking and we're not saying the same thing, and I mean, I have it happen in the office. We're saying the same thing, but we're saying it in such a different to me way. all the time. And, well, that's yeah. not what I said. But, you know, <laughs> si, pero, si, pero no. And I love it. Is it si or is it no? Exactly, yeah. You know? And we do that, si, no. And I'm like, well, yeah. si or no. And we do it all the time. And that's a cultural nuance. And, for example, a few years ago when they had... See, no, I do, it happens to me every All day the in the office. Yeah, yeah. We do that like, see, no, is it see, is it no, you know, yeah, see, no, no but <laughs> exactly. So with those cultural nuances, and when you're talking about child abuse prevention, when they had the two cases that were very well known with the uh, football players that were being accused, mm-hmm. yes, yes, one of child abuse and one of domestic violence, and they talked about how, and the child ended up in the hospital. Right. Uh, we talked about it and we said, 
Absolutely not. We will not accept, we cannot accept that because it is culturally appropriate, this can happen when a child is abused physically to the point of ending up in the hospital. Therefore, we say no No. punishment because what that person did at the time was so inhumane and we saw the photos and it was so inhumane. And to me, it is so totally unacceptable to say it's part of our culture. No, but you're going, you know, when they use the um, the branches from a tree, un yeah, yeah, the switch, yeah. and the switch, yeah. or and then in it was also discussed that it was also part of the African American culture. And yes. I said that isn't acceptable. That may have happened whenever it did years and years ago, but we know better. We yeah. know better. We've evolved. That we've evolved. Or we should have. <laughs> we should have. And that that does not solve the problem. It lowers the child's self-esteem. They may not even know why you're doing this, but you're doing it so often that you don't even stop enough to know, listen, the reason that you're doing this is for this reason. Uh, I'll share with you a a story. I have a a godchild that is now six, and when she, about two, two and a half, she got into the habit of slapping, and she slapped me once, and I went like, what the heck happened? And she was doing it. And it happened a second time. And I said, you do not do this. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And then it happened the third time, all within a period of about two months. At that time, she was not, she was like two, two and a half, said, you're going home. Because if this is the way you behave, you don't understand that this is wrong. I said, then I can't, you can't be here. I can't take care of you because then when it's important that you listen to me, if you don't, then you may get hurt. And I don't want you getting hurt. I mean, I gave her that explanation. She was two and a half. Yeah. You're going home. She said, okay, take me home. I took her home. Within the next two months, and I don't remember exactly when it was, I was driving. I had picked her up, obviously, and was bringing her over to the house. and And she said, Madrina... I don't ever want you to take me home. And at oh, first yeah. I thought, what the heck? You've totally forgotten. What? Well, you know, you don't want me to, I said, well, why not? Why don't, you know, I said, you're going to stay till, you know, we have dinner and then you're going to go home. But right. why am I not going to take you home? She says, no, I mean, I'm never going to hit you again because I don't want you oh. to take me home again. 
that child learned the lesson yeah. without me raising my voice, without me hitting back ever, because if you hit back, which is the tendency, if you hit back, what are you doing? It's a cycle. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I tell that story because she was two and a half. It's she two. learned the lesson. So by, by that same story is that mm-hmm. parents and all of us, I think, overestimate and underestimate what kids understand. Yeah. Sometimes we have too much of expectations and sometimes we don't have enough expectations because let me tell you, they're a little sponge. Yeah. Everything is being absorbed. To the point that I know that now one of the things that they're, look, they're looking at when there's, and I know this because I've, I was on, on with Katia Castellano, who's a partner and, and works with the Coral Gables um, mm-hmm. Department of um, the, the Violence Unit. I, I forget, I forget the, name, the exact but, yes, but yes, Katia yes. Castellanos, and she was saying that now when they come into a situation where there's been a, a tragedy, mm-hmm. They're looking at what's going on with the little ones because before they were focusing on the older one that could express what they're going, but what's happening with that zero to three-year-old is so critical at that time. So we we tend to perhaps overestimate or underestimate both situations. So one of the things that we do in the parenting classes is talk to the parents about the importance of understanding a child's development and developmental stage. What the expectation should be for a two-year-old cannot be the same as it would be for an Absolutely eight-year-old. Not. The eight-year-old has to make the bed in the morning. The two-year-old, impossible for you to expect right. that. Good you luck. know, so, yes. so those are the things that, that, that we share with the parents. Though there are cultural nuances for mm-hmm. things, uh, there are some things such as capital punishment. We're not wavering that's, that's on that line. one. That's the line. If I can kind of piggyback off of something you said just now, which is that you know we sometimes we underestimate or overestimate what children are actually capable of retaining and understanding. I'm going to use that as a segue into a project that just recently was done through Amigos for Kids called Broken Crayons. And that was a beautiful... I mean, I, I feel weird calling it a beautiful project because it's about recognizing the signs of child abuse, but... It was so impactful and so just attention grabbing. And if you could just give a little, you know, a little bit more about it. I know it's it was a video project that was executed during the Art Basel. And if you could give us a little bit of background on that, because I, I mean, I saw it and I've seen the video several times, and it was just it was amazing. So moving when the Republica, which is a local a local advertising agency, yes, Republica, when they first brought it to me, they thought, well, we're not sure and I tend to be, show me everything first. I want to see it all. Mm, I don't know. Let me see. But when they brought it to me last year, it was actually last July, I was going away and on a trip. And, they, and I they said, well, we'll show it to you when you get back. And I said, okay, fine. But I said, you know what? Just show it to me. And when they showed it to me, I was amazed. I, I was amazed and so thankful by the initiative that had been taken by the team at Republica to research child abuse and to come up with something that we could highlight that could make more of an impact of what we were already doing. So they brought me the project and I said, go for it. Literally, I was hands off until the end when they brought me all of the research and they had everything put together Mm -hmm. and I saw all of the slides and then we looked at the voiceovers and all of that. I mean, but... It was so amazing because in a very short period of time, you're able to say so much. And basically what it is, it's we talk all year long. Yes, we have parenting. And then all year long, our message is there's no excuse for child abuse, no excusa para el maltrato infantil. Under that, anything that we can do to create awareness about child abuse prevention, we're going to do it, whether it's 
talking to you now and, and getting the word out like this, television, whatever media there is to, to get out there. What? But with broken crayons, during uh, the Art Basel weeks, yes, okay, sir. and at uh, Miami Art Week, yeah. we put together, Repubblica put together, because mm-hmm. all the credit to, to them, they put together an art exhibit. Mm-hmm. And when you went to the art exhibit, you were looking at drawings that were children's drawings. And then they taped people's reaction as they saw the image and they listened to the voiceover. Because they were given uh, headphones, headsets as you walked in. So you could, you 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 kind of followed the trajectory. It It was literally an art exhibit. I think there were six um, frames. frames. Um, This is a project um, done by Dr. McGuinness from um, the University of South Australia. Okay. She has dedicated years to this, and when this was highlighted, and we are now collaborating in this you, oh, with wow. the university and us. So this is put together jointly. This is, this is this kind is of Amigos. become a bigger, a bigger initiative. Yeah. So they did this, and when I went to the exhibit, and I put on the headsets, there were some that were just yeah. And, and you knew and what knew, you were in for, and I knew. So imagine how impactful. But I had not seen the last one. Oh, okay, okay. And I knew there are just no words because it was all of the first ones that we saw mm-hmm. were drawings that had been done by children that subsequently it was found out that they had been abused. And there were signs. So in this these is pieces. all about those hidden signs mm-hmm. that the, the, the hidden symbolism symbolism and, yeah. of things. For example, if a child draws, themselves without arms um there's usually you know, right, something right. so they were so i had seen them and i listened to them and some of them even though i had seen them i, I could not help but tear up and yeah. and just it doesn't take like, away from the impact oh, at my, all my, I mean, this my is God, such a touching was, but when i saw the last one i could yeah. not speak because it was the most colorful one the child had used the most color and when you realize that that was when she was drawing of what was going on in her life and you see and you looked at it and you saw the symbolism of what was happening it was the most horrific horrific thing i have ever seen because of what that child was forced to do what the father forced her to do so when i see something like that right. and i'm when, like about to start crying right now well, like, I'm just, I, I, yeah, I, I, we're I'm, looking at I'm, each other we're both yeah. you know tearing up yeah, because yeah. It, to me there's no excuse for child abuse. There's no excuse for child abuse. No hay excusa para el maltrato infantil. No, it's just like, at all. There, there, there isn't. I mean, there is absolutely no justification under under God's earth. You were abused and now you're abusing. There's no justification. I, I never I never understand that because to me it's, you, if you didn't like that being done to you, you know, I would, again, as somebody who was not abused, right? I, and it's easier to, to look at it from that perspective. But I've always said, wouldn't you want to provide a different experience for your child and I know there's psychological there, 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 it's, it's there, deeper than there's that there's so much of it for example we've had a parent that has gone through nurturing parenting mm-hmm. say I knew I had been abused and I did not want the same thing to my children it takes a lot to get to that point wow. it doesn't happen yeah. overnight absolutely while if you have been abused and all you know is that mm-hmm. how do you know anything different so while I can understand that, why, yeah. 
there's no excuse for it. We live in a world, especially now with social media, with everything. Yeah, people know. Uh, no, people, people know. know better. Yeah, people exactly. know better. You know, exactly. yeah. we we know better about so many things. So anyway, getting back to broken crayons, this amazing, amazing initiative. It was recorded. It was put on our Facebook, mm-hmm. and we had over a million views in 62 countries. And people asking us, can you put it in Spanish? So we did some subtitles, we did. That is so powerful because to me, it's not about, hey parents, careful with what your kids are drawing. No, it's not that, it's, hey everyone. There are often times that children through their drawings are telling us things they cannot verbally express or have been threatened not to tell. That's the message. That is true. But bigger than that is how careful we as parents, as a community, have to be Mm -hmm. to recognize when children are not being taken care of and are not living in an environment where their overall well-being is healthy. It's that much bigger. It's not just about look at the kids' drawings. That's just a very eye-opening, amazing opportunity for us to highlight that and we have had tremendous um, results in terms of people that when they view it they say you've got to use this more so we're actually going to be working with Dr. McInnes I am very excited she's coming to the United States in January into San Francisco and she has a symposium there so and then um, in my role at Amigos I I chair the um, for District 11 which is Florida, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Miami-Dade, so on and so forth, okay. uh, for, um, in the state of Florida, the Child Abuse Prevention and Permanency Plan. So my goal for January, mm-hmm. um, hoping her grant gets funded, but if she gets to the U.S., we're going to invite her. I'm going to fundraise. I am fundraising for we're that figure out what to, how to get her here. To yeah. have twofold, the public can attend, but also for the professionals that work in this field to look at the video and then also create something based on her work as to what is the most efficient, effective way to deal with these situations and, uh, you know, with schools and so on and so forth. So, so that's something I'm very excited about. And it was all out of us, basically a social media initiative. It was, yeah. yeah. And that, and, but that speaks to so many times we malign social media. And we say that, oh, it's... Well, with good reason for some things. It's, no, no, no. But, yeah, exactly. Like, no, yeah, no, no, no. I'm still, that, I'm still on Facebook, you know. But. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, you, it's like, you know, is it, is it, what is it? Are you seeing the white dress, the blue dress, the, you know, and all this crap. But it shows that every now and again, it does have a, a powerful opportunity to really educate and, and to spread, you know, things that are, that matter. Tremendously. Uh, We will never go back to it being any other way than that. I mean, the times have changed. Like, you know, my goodness, when internet, email, this, the other, now, uh, within seconds time, uh, a photo, a message travels around the world. So, I mean, our our world has changed for the better in some ways and not so for the others. Because by the same token, and I kind of get on a bandwagon on this one, child abuse prevention. Yes. There was a child that wrote just very recently, I don't know if you read it, no, that no. wrote a letter. Um, the, the teacher asked them to do something they didn't like mm-hmm. about whether it was inventions or whether things in the model. Well, I forget what it was, but the end result was the child was that he hated his mother's phone. Why? Oh, because Christ. the mother was always on the phone and never paid attention to him. 
Wow. So I think that's very powerful. That's very telling. And we, we talk to the parents all the time, you know, and I get an opportunity to go into the sessions. I don't often go, but when I get an opportunity, it's basically communication is just most your most powerful tool, your most powerful opportunity to be a family that does stay together, a family that yeah. bonds, a family that has those esos lazos that, you know, those bonds of love mm. and family and nurturing that begin with a child at birth. And some parents will say, they're already five years old. What if I didn't do it? And the answer is, you're here. It's never too of late. Of course you can do it. So that's the importance of communication. And we always say, put the phone away. So p part of the, of the sessions involves the parents right. coming together for a meal with the kids and actually putting the phones away and listening to yeah. each other. Because otherwise, you're losing so much. Yeah. There's nothing better. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. there's nothing better than a sobremesa. Yeah. But I don't even think that exists anymore because the kids are having dinner, lunch, and they have their little earplugs on. And, yeah. and I mean, growing up, I remember like it was it was a thing. Like in my, oh my house, gosh. we ate together. I mean, there were times where you wouldn't because you know somebody was at a you know after school event or what have you. But yeah. you ate together. You sat at the table. You you know how was your? I mean, it sounds so leave it to Beaver, but you know it's just like you just talked. I mean, I'm still close to my parents and my sister, and you know, and we have great relationships, and I think it's because of that because we actually knew who everybody was there, as a person absolutely you, you yeah. and, and you know we always tell parents you need to know where your kids friends are you need yeah. to understand where are they you know i always like to tell the parents you need to identify and as part of the sessions what your values are mm -hmm. and you need to make sure that who is with your kids represents your values whatever they are absolutely yeah, yeah you know yeah. um yeah, i'm gonna tell you what your values should be oh i'm just saying whatever sure your values line. are make sure yeah. it's in line you yeah. know hopefully they're all good values right. and you know, nobody is advocating things that we don't want them to advocate <laughs> Correct. but Correct. you know bottom line is the parents are there because they want to do better for the kids and i and i do think that most parents are in that situation and just in the last few days i i, I read um a quote from um mayor of Chicago, they've got lots of problems in Chicago. Yeah. But one of the things within the areas that he mentioned that needed to be addressed with everything that's going on in Chicago yeah. was parenting. Of course. Because the problems are not the kids. The problems are the parents. Yeah. The problem is the adult. If the child is going through a situation, the problem is what is the adult? How, how is, are they helping? How how are you impacting this child's yeah. life that this is the behavior or lack of it? Because the majority of the time, they are a direct, and I see it even with my mother, I said, my God, I am my mother, you know, <laughs> and I'm quite old at this time. But we do, we reflect our parents and, yeah. and that role model of what they're doing. It, it, it's, yeah. it's not rocket science or brain yeah. surgery. This is what the parents need to understand when, when they're raising children, you know. I, I think it's such, you know, with broken crayons, it's just like, oh my gosh, what an opportunity to highlight what we do yeah. and, and, uh, and how to continue to use it. Yeah, and one of the things that I loved about it was, as I mentioned to you a little earlier, was, you know, it happened during Art Basel, during Art Week, which for many people seems like a very frivolous time. You know, people jet in from their exotic locations and, you know, buy millions of dollars of art and go home and just drink champagne and you took advantage of that and turned it on its head to have something that actually was impactful that was meaningful that had depth you know and and i think that's another reason why it was so impactful is because you didn't try to just go somewhere that people were already inclined to listen to this you really you you in the best way possible ambush them and yes. as a result that's exactly how these abuse signs are. You don't know they're there until it's too late sometimes. 
until it's too late for the child. For the child, yes. Um, yes. Because the parent, yeah. the abuser always knows. Oh, of course. I mean, and, and what is so sad about this is that the great majority of the time, the abuser is the parent. One yeah, or the other. It's always someone they know. The kid knows. Yeah, it's never. It's you rarely know, a stranger. Well, when you're talking about sexual child abuse, mm-hmm. almost ninety plus percent of the time, it's never a stranger. Absolutely. Yeah. It's someone they know and trust because that's how they were able to do it. How yeah. that they're able to threaten. How they're able to get them to control. You them. know, is that person in control that yeah. is now controlling you because of whether age or parent or mm-hmm. church or yeah. school. relationship? Yeah. Relationship. You know, yeah. you're able to manipulate that child for whatever it is yeah, okay yeah. and and that was the, the impact of that mm-hmm. very last uh, slide a very last painting on broken mm-hmm. crayons it's just heartbreaking to yeah. to see that yeah. and listeners we're going to be providing a link uh to the broken crayons website once we thank post you. this because thank you we can sit here and talk about it all day yes and it, it until you see it until yeah. you 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 know experience it even via social media it's you you can't you can't you can't I can't fully explain appreciate it. I remember the, when the impact Republica's team came down and showed me some of that you know because we went through it along the way and right. you know then they did a fantastic job in, in, in promoting I mean they've done a fabulous job on this it's like very was targeted it was it was beautifully laid, you know rolled out executed it's, yeah, it's yeah, executed yeah. so um, they brought me some of the the pictures they had chosen as to what was mm-hmm. going to be on the exhibit, and I and they showed me this one and this one, and then, and then I said, well, what about this one? And they said, why that one? And I said, because of this. Can we use like regular words here? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. This is, there's no filter here. Okay, all right. <laughs> because well, one of the things that's actually important, we teach parents that their children should always be taught what their body parts are correct yeah it's the penis and it's the vagina, it's the vagina. exactly because Breast. if not it's, if yeah. anything happens then they can't properly communicate because yes. different people call different things different yeah just keep it clinical almost yes very exactly. no shame mm-hmm. and i said that represents a penis and they right. said what and i said look at it because i am looking for those things correct yeah, yeah okay yeah, yeah, yeah. because we know and i i was horrified and i said well this is what this is and this so we used it and it hadn't been part of the, the, the first set of exhibits, okay? Because there's many, many others. But yes. um, it, it was that because I'm trained to look for it, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay? It's sad. I, that, I that, wish that, I didn't know that these things are I mean, there because Not, of not that I'm not enjoying this, you know, getting this conversation, but I kind of almost wish you didn't have to have this job. Absolutely. I, I wish I, you didn't have to do this. I wish we weren't having this conversation. Absolutely. You know? and, yeah. and and the way I feel is that, you know, after many, many years and, you know, being successful in the professional world, so on and so forth, this is certainly not what I used to do. This I didn't right. study to be a social worker. I didn't study any of this. But once, you know, they say to whom much is given, much is expected, once I realized that I had no idea what this was, and I learned, you know, incest. And when I first heard incest, I was like, maybe a woa, and I was like 17 years old, and I'm like, those things happen? And at that point, it just began to click in my mind, and I said, well, that can't happen. That's not supposed to happen. And it sort of began like, uh, um, I knew that I wanted to work with either children, prevent abuse, or or help children to read. Mm -hmm. So I I actually get to do both here at Amigos, you know, after, you know, 20, 30 years in, in another industry. I wish we didn't need to exist, yeah. but since we do, I feel blessed mm-hmm. to be given the opportunity to make a difference. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's 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 kind of hard to explain because I didn't have children, so I had to do something that made an impact 
with kids' lives because that's ultimately what we leave behind. Yeah. And to me, being able to protect children was just the only thing at this point in my life in the last 15, 20 years that I, I feel I am doing what I was meant to do. And that's, that's a really great feeling to, that, that's to know that. That's a beautiful that, sentiment. I mean, you know? I'm just going to tell you straight up, that's probably one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard anybody say. So, well, thank, so you. thank you for but that. But I, I, I do feel that way. And, you know, the hours I put in and the way that I, I put in is just like, I'm meant to do what I, I'm meant to be doing what I was. Yeah, you're, you're here. You're doing what you were meant to be doing so. on this earth. And, I think so. And, and on, on, that, on that note, you know, in order for you guys to continue being able to do it, what you do, I know that obviously being a nonprofit, Money is, you know, it's it's necessary, right? I mean, obviously, you, you you can only get so far on good intentions and help. Yeah. And we are coming up as of the time of this airing. It'll be about a week away from your annual fundraiser, which is the Amigos for Kids Domino Night. It's been going on for how many years now? It started in 2003. Okay, so... I don't even know how to count anymore. I can't do math. I'm not either. Uh, we're going to go yeah, ahead and split the difference. 15? 16, yeah, I think. 16, 15. And it is probably just... It's one of the biggest, actually, events here in Miami every year. Uh, not just for Amigos for Kids, but in general, one of the biggest charity events. And I know that it's... You know, you've had about, like, what is it? 2,000 attendees, and it keeps growing every year. We, we actually are at that point where... It's really good to have 1,500 people because if you have a lot more than that, it becomes huge, yeah. right? And, and what happens is that everybody comes and everybody sort of knows one another. So it's like, again, the word amigos plays a tremendous role in this event because it's friends coming together for what I believe is an amazing cause. And so it's Miami Celebrity Domino Night. What happens? Our whole community comes together. There's no exclusivity. Everybody in the media, whether it's NBC, Telemundo, Univision, Channel 10, Channel 4, everybody comes together in support of that mission statement, which is there's no excuse for child abuse. And they help us to get that message out by the fact that they're showing up they're agreeing with us that this needs to be done. And we need to raise funds. Like I mentioned to you, yes, we have two grants that we, and we get, there are things, for example, as important as it is to create awareness, advocacy, there's very little money to do it. There is no money to do that because you have to, in order to get money, you have to show that you're going to perform. What are you proposing to do and how are you gonna measure yeah, your and how, outcomes? And how do you measure child abuse prevention? I prevented this many children from being hit this year. Like, you can't. You, you it's, it's, really it's, can't. It's difficult, yeah. Okay, it is difficult. Which is, and five kids die every day as a result of child abuse and neglect. Now, I have to do a, a, another little interview later on. And what I'm wearing is a dress that I use for something else. But once I wore it the one time and I bought it, it has a lion on there. There's a, there's a lion. It's got blue. The blue ribbon is the child abuse prevention, okay. and it's got a lion. And the analogy that I'm, I'm, I want to make is, about two years ago, there was horrendous outcry mm-hmm. from everybody about a lion named Cecil that was killed in Africa. There was outrage all yeah. over the world. Yeah, yeah. U.S. Uh, celebrities were talking oh, about this lion. Everybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't advocate going out and clean, killing Absolutely lions. Not. However, what I want to see is that same outrage. This is what I. This is like my mission. I want to see the same outrage by those same people about child abuse. About five children. About five children in this country that die every day. Needlessly. Needlessly. We're, We're not talking, talking about, about disease. We're talking about situations. an action that someone, for whatever reason. And we do know that we have to address mental health, 
substance abuse, yes. and domestic violence. Those are the three top reasons the children are removed from their home here in the state of Florida mm-hmm. and pretty much all Across over the, the country. country yeah. So when are we going to see that uh, that outrage over a lot, you know, over kids dying as a consequence of abuse, mainly by their parents? As we did for, as we did lion. for one, lion. one lion killed one lion. in Africa. I want to see that outrage. I want to to witness the day that we will come together as, as a society, as a community, and that message that there's no excuse for child abuse is truly what everybody is talking about in regard that it isn't acceptable. We have a huge responsibility. And by the way, in the state of Florida, not just some people are mandated to report every single citizen, every single resident, let me use that word, okay. resident of the state of Florida is mandated to report the suspicion of child abuse. And a lot of people will say, well, what if someone finds out, number one, you call, it's anonymous, and it's it? anonymous. Yeah. But even if it wasn't, mm-hmm. do you want to be that person that okay. knows it's happening, and you something. do nothing, and then you read about it in the mm-hmm. paper? Yeah, I don't want to, you don't want to be that person. You know, I, I, I just can't no. understand it. You know, and, and it's hard, it's tough to make that call. We're lucky that we don't have to make that many calls because we're working with parents to prevent it. Yeah. And, you know, obviously when there are cases that we have to report, we do, and we have, and we've had to do some reporting that afterwards you wonder, was that the best decision? But the child was in danger, so it was the best decision. You always want to err on the side of caution. That's right. Mejor que they, there's nothing there than de que what if. Lamentándose the, yeah. de lo que sucedió. So, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's, it is a mission. Amigo's mission is my mission. It should be all of our mission. You know, it, it really is. It's it's become my personal mission beyond that of my responsibility and role as, you know, president at Amigos for Kids. But uh, it, it's, again, like you said, if it has to be done, I'm blessed to have the opportunity to do it. Well, and we are blessed to have the opportunity to have chatted with you. Um, thank you so much for, for all of your time. Um, again, you know, listeners, we're going to be posting a bunch of links, but you know, not just to Amigos, but to Broken Crayons as well. And, and, you know, just getting the information out there. Ultimately, you know, like I said, our goal here is, as DJ always says, is, you know, to like, it's uh, to listen, laugh and learn. And I think in this particular instance, you know, we've, we've tried to keep it light when possible. Obviously, in, in, yeah. in the face of this topic, it's difficult, but definitely, you know, I hope everybody learned something. And if nothing else has learned, there are resources out there. And there are resources that can help prevent it. And one of those is Amigos for Kids. And whether it be going to the website or maybe, you know, going to the Domino Night. And again, we'll provide the link for that as well. That's, you know, that's, that's a fantastic way to do it because we raise okay. funds at, yes. at, at Domino Night. So I hope you're going to make it uh, that you oh, guys are coming. Oh, we're totally going to be there. Listeners, you'll be able to see both me and DJ lose horribly at dominoes because neither of us know how to play with uh, with partners. You so. don't have to play. You know, have you ever been? I've never been. Okay. No, never been. This is the best party that you will go to. Okay. okay, so we don't have to play dominoes. You don't have to play dominoes. Okay, great. I okay? like dominoes, but every time that I play con pareja, my partner, you know, you're like a really bad player. I'm the bad player. Like yo tiro el doble nueve. I can't read the signs. I don't no, know. How no, to I read. have no I idea. Like, no, no, no. Yo tiro, yo tiro para resolver lo mío. Like to just get mine out right. the door. Yeah. So, well, you I'm know, the like worst. if you, the the winner at the end is the one that has the less points or el que se. Yeah. Okay. 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 Okay.
So, no? si yo tengo un doble nueve, there I go. And my grandmother, I remember, would go, niña, pero eso no se hace. ¿Cómo vas a salir con el doble nueve? Tienes que saber lo que tiene la otra persona. How the heck do I know? I, I can't. What I can't the other person I'm has. Not that so she's like, get rid of the, get rid of the points. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's how I do it. <laughs> that's not the that's way to the play domino. But, but <laughs> it's a fantastic party. We we are fortunate to have all the sponsors that we have. Bacardi has been our sponsors since Fantastic. for 20 plus 25 yeah, plus yeah, years yeah. they have been constant mm-hmm. as the sponsor presenting sponsor of this event we have so many other people that yes. are are part of this and it's just a fantastic party yeah. you come you eat we have a, we have uh This year we have something dedicated to fathers, sort of a men cave. It's right before Father's Day. It's the Saturday before Father's before. Day. Yes, yes, yes. So it's just a fantastic party. Uh, some people last year, and we're kind of promoting it, came and celebrated their birthday. So they brought their friends and celebrated their birthday. So we said happy birthday to them, acknowledged their birthday that day. But it's just a great party. And all the funds that we raise allow us to do things that we don't get grants for. Yeah, so we definitely, you know, and, and, and listeners, you know, if you can't make it out, I'm sure there's other ways that you can help support this fantastic cause and again if anybody out there is listening who has access to grants and is looking for you know a cause to to help contribute i can't think of a better cause than you know helping prevent this unfortunate situation that occurs every single day across the country but you know specifically in our community here in miami so again thank you rosa maria for your time it's been i mean honestly i came in here i was like well maybe we'll talk about 20 25 minutes it's been almost an hour and but this is the type of topic where the more time the better because people really do need to understand what's going on and, and you know know what is out there for help so thank you so much thank you because it's only through opportunities like you're giving us that we can get the message and the word out. Well, you know what, then if we can help you in any other way, do not hesitate to reach out. Thank you again. Better let me tell you. And we're back. Thanks, listeners. Um, I hope you, you enjoyed that. That Honestly, it was just a very enlightening conversation with Amigos for Kids. I know it's a little somber. You know, we're talking about preventing child abuse and things of that nature, but hopefully there was at least a little bit to take out of there in terms of the resources and all of the, the, the places you can go to get help if you feel that that is happening. So, And listen, I mean, as we've said here before, you know, we like to talk about some fun stuff, frivolous, yeah. laugh, but, you know, there's also important things that really need to be Absolutely. touched upon. And with that said, I think it's a great time to talk about It's, I'm thirsty. Last soda of the desert. Cue time. in the little Cue sound. The little sound, yeah. So, my last Coke of the desert, mm-hmm. and this is a, this is not a celebratory last Coke. This of is somebody who this. just needs one. This, she needs more than a last Coke. She needs like una trompapo la cabeza. Oh, well, I don't think they sell that by the Coca-Cola company. <laughs> you know, remember in the in the Looney Tunes commercials when like Wiley Coyote used to get hit in the head and the little excess used to uh-huh. come out. This is what this woman needs. Okay. Although I am not advocating violence. <laughs> listen, yeah, uh, listen. In this, yeah, no, because we can't be held culpable if something happens no. to this woman. So we're not advocating I'm, violence. Yeah. I just want to give her a Coke. Okay, let's give her the last Coke of the desert <laughs> because my, she needs refreshment. She needs she refreshment. Needs refreshment. So my last Coke of the Desert goes to our wonderful Education Secretary, Betsy DeVos. Yay! <laughs> Betsy, Betsy, Betsy. I don't trust people named Betsy. So when Betsy DeVos got n- named the Education Secretary With in the Trump administration. no experience in education. You know, again, I didn't want to, autom- you know, the same way that I wanted to hate the baker. Right, right. I didn't want to hate Betsy because I was like, look, you know how I am. I, I try to be methodical and rational I, I don't want to automatically hate her because she was a trump appointee right. but you know it's just like she's a gift that keeps on giving my problem with her isn't so much that is that she just had no 
background in education. She had no background. She, had, she, she, she didn't have the background in education that's needed for the job. But, you know, I don't know when she first came on. Like, people were very critical because she put out something on Instagram. Like, where are the pencils? Right. And people went at, like, the jugular. Like, well, you know, teachers have to buy pencils. Whatever. Right. I... I I wasn't even upset at that. When I'm upset at how aloof she is to like the world. So, in specific, so Miss Sonrisita que ella siempre tiene. Miss, Miss Betsy DeVos from Michigan, whom I love Michigan, but oh Michigan, you didn't do so well with this one. Um, she uh, set up a federal commission on school safety, which was you know which was put together after the Parkland shooting. Correct. Now, Correct. let me ask you something. If you set up a federal commission on school safety after the Parkland shooting, what would you assume is part of that federal commission's, you know, what, what do you assume they're going to look into? Sporks. <laughs> as far many, as the eye can see, how many sporks. people? How many people have been injured in sports? And why do they not also have a knife component? <laughs> so... So she no, said, "No, am I wrong? You are. You are I'm wrong. wrong. You are wrong. I'm sure there are Damn some sports Get on it, victims out there. You laugh, but she'll probably make one. <laughs> so she, yeah, she set up a federal commission on school safety after the Parkland shooting. However, this commission will not look into the role that guns play in school violence. How that has, how she." thinks it's a good idea to open make a federal commission on school violence when we've had 23 school shootings in five months i'm not sure what else she thinks is in more priority in terms of school safety maybe sports number two pencils number because she couldn't find them they were all being used as weapons right they were using they're um in pencil fighting and a lot of kids probably were getting poked in the eye and you know maybe that's more important um uh, pink eyes, pink eye. Paper you know, cuts, the loose leaf. Uh, yeah, oh yes. College yes. ruled versus wide ruled. Yes. Right. Maybe some kids were getting paste poisoning from right. eating paste. Who knows? But somehow, her and her people didn't think it was adequate or proper or relevant to add. You know, school shootings or guns. How guns play a role in school violence. You know, when there's only been 23 shootings this year, just this year. So my, my biggest problem with 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 her omitting it is obviously the mission because I think if you're looking at school violence you have to look at all factors I mean that's just a given right but she just always has this smirk on her face and this ability to always give a non-answer that is the epitome of politician she she was on 16 minutes a few months ago okay and I urge people to go watch this interview on 60 minutes it's it's on youtube or on 60 minutes webpage because you know in this age of fake news and all that sometimes it's good to hear things from the horse's mouth Absolutely. and oh boy are you gonna hear it in 60 minutes they asked her about schools that aren't doing well scholastically and in terms of you know their achievement like, like and failing grade schools and failing grade schools and a lot of them are not in good areas and in, in good neighborhoods and um she they asked her you know, do you think these schools are a problem? And she's like, yes. Do you know info on these schools? And she's like, no. Have you visited any of these schools? No, I haven't. But I guess I should, right? That was her answer. Like, that is her answer. And if you don't believe me, look it up. Look, look, look Go and look up the damn interview on YouTube. That was her answer. She's like, I should go, right? <laughs> no, I haven't yes. gone. Yes, I sh- but I should go. <laughs> so Betsy DeVos, 
Our last Coke is for you. You know, at this point in time, just have a drink. Have any type of drink. A rum and Coke. A rum and Coke. A shot. Havana Club. No, no, no. Don't use a... No, not a shot. Havana Club. Havana Club. Havana Club. Which which we've talked about on the show before. And, you know, with some some Coke. uh, Rum and Coke. Yeah. I Betsy, Betsy, Betsy. So... Well, on the absolute flip side of that, I'm going to go ahead... Again, I think this time we're a little more even keel with our sodas. Oh, with our sodas? Okay. Yeah, but I'm going to go ahead and give it to somebody who's a... Well, not somebody. Another organization. As we mentioned, Gloria Dañón. As well, she's not an organization. Okay, like, who's Gloria Dañón? No, Gloria. No, no, Olga Dañón. Olga Dañón. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Still, Olga Dañón. Still not an organization. Um, as we mentioned, this is June. It is Pride Month, and we, you know, this this episode was about you know giving back, and especially with regard to children. And I was just recently made aware of an organization called Camp Lightbulb, mm-hmm. Camp Lightbulb, that is a sleepaway camp. For, are you just gonna laugh at every single one of my last sodas? No, it's now just that a lot of your last philanthropic sodas have really, really funny names like Camp Lightbulb, but they do great things. Well, so the reason it's called Camp Lightbulb, it is a sleepaway camp for LGBT youth. Okay, and great. they offer them um, um, financial assistance, scholarships. Uh-huh. Para poco. Well, yes, but it's Camp Lightbulb because they're shining a light for these children. Who you make me feel like such a horrible who person. Would otherwise, not have this opportunity. And it, um, I know that they're based out of Los Angeles. I think they have a cape, uh, camp in California and another one, I believe, in Provincetown, in P Town, in, in Massachusetts. And every year they, they host a summer camp and, mm-hmm. you know, it really gives these kids an opportunity to go and. I know things are changing, and I know you know kids are more accepting mm-hmm. nowadays and what have you. But you just do still have some of that bigotry and of course and, and ignorance. And these camps allow these kids to go there and really just be themselves mm-hmm. and be I don't know as gay as they want to be. I, I guess mm-hmm. is, you know to borrow a phrase from NWA. Um, <laughs> and it's just a great organization. I think in this day and age where you keep hearing so many negative things, it's good to know that there is these these people out there who are trying to make there are, especially, positivity. Especially for that age group. You know, yeah. um, I think the age group is like 12 to 16. That's like... That's um, a very rough age. Something, something that, that, that... I mean, that's a great organization. Sorry that I laughed yeah, so at the name. Camp, camp Lightbulb. That's a great organization. That's like something I've been wanting to... Because um, I do a lot of work with the Guardian Light and Program. Yeah, as we mentioned in the interview with uh, Rosa Maria. Something I've been wanting to do for a while. Maybe that's something we could do together. Um, I've been wanting to volunteer something. I'm not at, having a sleepaway camp in my apartment. It's a one No, at organizations for um, LGBT uh, youth. Mm-hmm. For homeless youth. Uh, oh. Because that's still a really big problem. Well, actually, locally there is an organization called Pride Lines. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. I know organizations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I know organizations. Very commendable. But I've been wanting to volunteer or do something for this because that is such a. Pro- I mean, that is such a problem because these are kids that are like pretty much disowned by their families, have yeah. nowhere to go, and I mean that's one of those things that just is awful, completely awful. Well, so I know they're always looking for people to help out. So let me know. We'll go and we'll we'll definitely. Yeah, I was going to say, vamos a dar sopa. No, wrong organization. Yeah. <laughs> That's Camilla's house. <laughs> no, I don't think this is about soup. Anyway, so that was episode 18. Was episode 18. Next episode is episode 19, which nobody cares about when you're 19. Oh, man. We got to start planning for episode 21. Mm-hmm. Let's get drunk during the episode. That's what we're going to do. We're going to have the episode. It's just going to be, you know what? Episode 21, I have to see how far ahead. It's just going to be you and me mm-hmm. talking for an hour, doing shots. Okay, and seeing how 
how yes. it gets by the end of the show. By yes. We're kind of like, oh, no, of the desert is, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, everybody, thank you for joining us in Thanks, episode 18. Guys. We've made it through 18 episodes. Ooh, and so, so many more. So thank you, everybody, for the support and for listening. And as always, we hope you uh, listened, you laughed, and you learned. And as we always end it with, grab your patelito, your croqueta, and a jupiña, and have a great day. That's right, guys. Bye. Bye. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.